0: Word this morning. I wanted to take a minute with Jeff. Uh, For those of you that are unfamiliar, Jeff Heishan here is our director of student ministries, and he's going to be sharing God's word with us today. Uh, But before he preaches from the heart, uh, we just want to acknowledge and recognize him because after about 11 years of being a part of community church's staff in various roles with student ministries, with our tech ministry. Uh, Jeff is feeling a call uh, to take a new step in his journey, and so he's going to be departing community church staff in just a couple of weeks. And so uh, we just wanted to recognize Jeff and and acknowledge the the ministry work that he's done, because if you didn't have middle or high schoolers over the last 10 years, or maybe you're a part of our Alma campus and you never got a chance to work with Jeff or have him impact your family, uh, the, the ministry that Jeff has done over this last decade in the lives of young people uh, is incredible and the way that he's invested in them. And so uh, we just want to take a minute to bless him and to pray for him and and I would encourage you if if you've been impacted by Jeff in his ministry roles to let him know that he's not a big hugger. So don't do that, Uh, it'll just be awkward Uh, but you know, a gentleman's high five is what Jeff and I often joke about would be awesome, uh, and, and just to being able to encourage him, and he'll share more about what's next for he and his family in just a minute. But uh, would you just join me in praying if you feel comfortable, maybe we send a hand uh, towards Jeff as we bless him and, and send him off in these next couple weeks? Uh, Father, thank you so much for Jeff and the ways that he has been a blessing uh, to the families and to the ministry and to the team here at community church. God, and we just pray for he and Chrissy and Kendall and Olivia uh, as they're just pursuing this new call that you have on their life. Uh, God, and as the, the family of God here at Community Church, we just bless him. Bless him, bless him, Lord. Uh, with favor, God, would you just pour out your spirit over him? Uh, would you just give him wisdom and discernment uh, for what you have called him to next? And God, would you just be preparing the way for them? Uh, as they enter into a new journey, God, uh, we just love him so much, and we don't want to lose him, but we are, are well prepared to, to, for him to answer the call that you put in his life. Uh, and so, God, we also just pray for this cough that Jeff has this morning. Would you make it not a distraction? Would you heal him of it uh, as he prepares to bring God's word? And we pray this in the strong name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Eric. Thank you, church. Um,
1: yeah, before I get started on my message, I do want to just... I kind of covered two things. First, like Eric said, I do have a cough. I caught COVID about a month ago and uh, I'm fine. I'm not sick. I'm not contagious. I just have a cough. And the doctor was like, yeah, maybe look forward to having that for a month or two. So that's sweet. Uh, And so what I did is I have some cough drops and a bottle of water and I'm going to try not to let it be a distraction, but I just asked for your patience while I'm navigating through that. (coughs) If you have headphones on, you're listening to this later. I'm real sorry. Um, and then the second thing, like Eric said, I, I wanted to just take a minute and kind of talk to you a little bit about where I am and where my family is and what this whole process has looked like for us. Um, and so my wife and I, it's, people have asked me a lot, like what, how does it feel to be getting ready to leave community church and to step off staff? And, and the only thing that I can say is it's very strange. My wife and I have been here at the church for just over 12 years. I've been on staff for 11. Um, it's been our home and our family. My kids have grown up here and my daughter Kendall accepted Christ three years ago at VBS. And last year during VBS week, I had the opportunity to lead my youngest daughter, Olivia, to Christ. And the church has poured into me and my family and cared for us and given us opportunities and built us up and prayed for us in amazing ways. That being said, my wife and I have always prayed that God would take us where he wants us, that God would use us as a family, wherever it is that he calls us. And we've also always prayed that when we hear that call, we would be faithful to say, all right, God, we're going to do that. And so about four or five months ago during our prayer time together, specifically revolving around, am I too old to keep doing youth ministry? Um, Like I said, it's been over a decade. I don't bounce back from sleeping on gym floors and air mattresses the way that I used to. Actually, even with this cough, like a couple weeks ago, I coughed so hard I hurt my back, which is a thing that like 10 years ago I just didn't have to deal with. But as we were praying about that and really thinking about it, we both felt that we heard clearly from God that my time in youth ministry was wrapping up. And that beyond that, and this came as a bit of a surprise to us, that my time at community church was coming to an end. And so we talked about it, and we prayed about it, and we cried about it, and when we both felt sure that that's what God was telling us, individually and together, we kinda said, well, we've got a few options. We could do nothing and just stay here because we love it and because we're comfortable here, and that didn't feel good. We could start the process of looking for whatever it is that God was calling us to, And once we found that, give two weeks and leave, and that didn't feel good to me either. And so we said, if this is what God is saying to us, we're going to move and respond in faith with integrity. And so we gave, functionally, what was the longest two weeks ever. And I'll be done in a few weeks here. Um, I wish I could give you some certainty about what's next for me, but actually we're still waiting to hear. We're still praying and talking and looking and I should probably be more freaked out and nervous than I am, but I'm not. Because my entire life, God has brought me where he's wanted me, and it hasn't always looked like I wanted it to, and it hasn't always been in the timing that I wanted it to be in, but I know that God is calling me somewhere to something. And I also know that God is calling someone here. And so we actually have a phenomenal young man stepping into the role of director of student life, Roman Roselle. He's been a good friend to me and has been a phenomenal part of our church. And I'm excited for him to step into this staff team and this body of Christ in a new role. And so just if you see Roman around, just go ahead and cheer him on and and get to know him. He is going to do a great job. So all that being said, again, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for the opportunity. Thank you for the last 12 years. Just thank you so much for being our home. In our family. You know, it was interesting when kind of as I was processing through, you know, what does it look like for me to transition off staff? And then Alan started talking about this specific sermon series from the heart. Right. And I don't know how much um, how much you've heard about this series. It's really interesting because Alan started it by saying <coughs> if we were asked to preach a message. One message. Any of us here on staff at church, and they say, you've got one thing that you can talk about, what would it be? It would be the gospel. It would absolutely be the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I think last week, Alan did a phenomenal job presenting that. I hope that if you heard it, you felt loved and cared for and understood that God is inviting you into his family. That he's calling you home. But then Alan said... After the gospel, if you had one other message, if there was one thing that you could say, if you had one final sermon to give, what would it be? And I found myself as I was walking through this being like, I actually do have one final sermon on staff here at Community Church to give. And that honestly like, put a lot of pressure on me, and it really, really stressed me out. I remember a couple months ago, I was kind of freaking out about it, and I was sitting on the couch, I was just, like, talking to my wife, and I was like, there's just so much I want to say, right? There's so many different things that, that I feel like God has put on my heart for the church and for its people, and how do, I, how do I narrow it down? What does that look like? And she took my hands in hers, and she looked me in the eyes, and she said, bear. She calls me bear because I look like this. Uh, <laughs> she said, bear, and she paused. And I was like, here it is, like wisdom, a word of affirmation, something. She goes, just don't rant. <laughs> and so I'm going to try my very best not to rant. But as I've been navigating through this and praying and asking God, what is it that, he, that, that I should say? God kept asking me this question as I'm getting ready to leave. What is it that I want for all of you? What is it that I want for community church? And as I've prayed about that and as I've thought about that, it keeps coming back to this idea that my heart for you would be that you would be the church. Not that you would go to church, but that you would be the church. Right, because I look around our country and our culture, and I see a group of people who say that they're Christians, and all that it's boiled down to in their lives has been that they attend church sometimes, and they give some money, and they're able to present themselves well, and they probably don't swear, at least when people can't hear them. And my question is, is that all that faith is? Is that what we're called to? Right, I look back over my decade of ministry <coughs> and all the relationships that I've built and all the students that I've had conversations with about mental health and relationships and, and problems that they've had with their parents and school and, and dating and marriage and all these things. And, and I, I've realized that in a lot of those conversations, I've, I've probably prepared them to be better people. And I probably prepared them to be better spouses or fathers or mothers, better at dating, maybe better with their finances. The question that I've had to ask myself is, was I also pointing them towards Christ? In those conversations, was I also helping them to be better Christ followers? Or was I just helping them to be better at the thing that they were trying to do? And I think my fear is that in a lot of ways, we settle for good and not for great. We settle for comfortable and not the mission of Jesus Christ. And I, I, I want you to hear this And I want you to be encouraged. I don't want you to feel like I'm attacking you. I don't want you to feel bad about about what it is that you're doing. But I want you to be encouraged because I genuinely believe that God is calling each of you, me, my wife, my kids, our church, to something great. To something phenomenal. We just came off of a week of VBS where we had just under 600 kids in our campuses. And they left feeling loved and cared for and most importantly, able to articulate the gospel of Jesus Christ. Yes. And that is great. And we're going to do it again next year. But between now and then, are we living our faith in a way that it doesn't simply boil down to Sunday morning, right? I looked back at my own life, and for a really long time, my faith boiled down to Sunday mornings and Wednesday nights, or Sunday morning and Thursday nights, and I knew that I had to look a certain way, and I knew that I had to act a certain way, and I knew that I, knew that I probably shouldn't, shouldn't swear, and I, you know, I should get good grades, And all of these things, and none of those things are bad. They're actually all probably good. But I missed out on what God was actually calling me to. I missed out on great by settling for good. So what do I want for you? I want for you to be the church. I want for you to be the church every day in every engagement, every interaction, in every moment of your life, my heart for you would be that you would be the church of people who are radically transformed by God, who are living under the umbrella of the saving grace of Jesus Christ and who are completely on mission for the kingdom. Right in Romans chapter 12, Verses one and two. Oh, my sticky note didn't work. It says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable. And perfect. <clears throat> My first push to you in all of this would be that your identity would be so wrapped up in God and Christ and the gospel that everything that you do would be an outpouring of that. Or that faith would be the lens through which you view the world. You know, I think about again. I think about my own life, and I think about people I know and conversations that I've had about what does faith mean and what does it mean to be a Christian. And I've heard so many different answers. I heard like, "Well, I'm a Christian because I go to church," or, well, "This is America, so of course I'm a Christian," or, "You know, my grandma would hit me with a flip flop if I didn't go to church." You know, all those things. And church is good. This is good. I'm not saying that what's happening right now isn't good. But is it everything that God's calling us to? Is it great? It's nice. And it's comfortable. But there's so much more to faith on Sunday morning. Practically for today, I, I want to look big picture at the church. And I think big picture of the church is represented kind of in two things in our lives. And understand, again, I'm saying big picture because over the course of this series, <coughs> you're going to hear from some other phenomenal men and women of God and you're going to hear their heart and the things that God has impressed on them to say and they're going to give you they're going to talk to you about a life led by the Holy Spirit and they're going to talk to you about adoption and loving your neighbor well and all of those things and I'm, I'm functionally touching on all of those and none of those today for me as I, as I thought through this message it, it is the gospel part two right Alan said that that the gospel broke down into this idea of repent, confess, and follow. And what I'm talking about today is following. So practically, as we're navigating through this today, the church that I'm talking about wanting us to be, wanting us to embody breaks down into two things. A community of faith and the body of believers on mission. We're actually experiencing the community of faith right now. Right at our church, we, we have these three steps, kind of these three things we say we want for everyone. For you to gather together, to grow in groups, and to go live it out. The community of the church is represented well in the first two of those. Gather together. We're here on Sunday morning. We just had a phenomenal time of worship, of proclaiming truths about who God is, about the ways that he has moved in our lives. That he is our Savior, our Protector, our Redeemer, that he is recklessly in love with each of us. Out in the lobby after service, we're going to have conversations over cups of coffee. We're going to talk on the way home in, in our cars, and we're building community. I don't know how many of you are part of small groups here at the church but that's another phenomenal way to build community to be in a small group to push each other to encourage each other to care for each other i mentioned i had covid a month ago during that time i got something like some amazing baskets of snacks and soup and people cared for me and my family so my wife wasn't having to do everything while i was locked upstairs and that is the community of the church Right? Even more than that, more than just caring for each other, we want the community of the church to be a safe place where you can ask questions, where you can be authentic, where you don't have to pretend to be something that you're not, where you can feel known and cared for and loved by the people around you who love you because Christ loves you. And that's really good, and it's really necessary, but I think sometimes it's too easy to stop there. It's too easy to say, I have a great church, our worship team is phenomenal, the people who preach are great, they bring the word, my small group is awesome, we're friends, we hang out together, we have meals together, we care for each other, our kids are friends, if somebody's sick or needs something, we help each other out. I'm good. But the next part, the go live it out part, the mission of Jesus Christ, the next step of the gospel, I think sometimes we miss out on it. You know, Again, I think back to where I was decades ago And I was, honestly, probably a pretty okay person. You know, I like paid my bills, and I was polite, and I, you know, I, I had a good circle of friends, and I did all these things, but here's the reality of it. Like, growing up, I, <clears throat> my mom was a teacher, and we were homeschooled for a few years growing up, and I actually had this epiphany a while ago while I was writing a devotional for the students that everything my mom did was educational. I don't know if any of you else have had that. Like, like all the games that we played, I had friends who had like uh, Shark Attack and like Mousetrap. I didn't have those. I had like Great Explorers of the World, card games, and stuff like that. Like, but everything I did was educational. Right, like Candyland, one of the classics of all times, teaching you colors. I don't know if you guys knew that. Um, <clears throat> even like the books that I had that I read, like I, I had this favorite book, Frog and Toad, And they would get up to, like, these silly, ridiculous things. Uh, But all of them taught you a lesson. I just finally realized, reading books to my girls, like, everything teaches you a lesson. And that's good. And it helped prepare me to be patient and to share and to be kind. But if that's all that church prepares us to do, if the Bible, if that's all the Bible is for, is to teach you to be patient and good and kind, it might as well be frog and toad. Toad. Because it's calling us to something more. It's calling us to something bigger. It's calling us to the work of the kingdom. The mission, to go live it out, in Luke 19:10, it says, "For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost." When Jesus was asked, "What is his mission? what is he doing? He came to seek and to save." lost in John 13 35 he's talking to his disciples he says by this all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another how is the world going to know that we're followers of Christ by the way that we love and actually in the verse right before this Jesus is, is telling his disciples to love each other and to love the people around them like he loves them Jesus Christ, the greatest expression of love that has ever walked the planet died on a cross, a horrible death to seek and to save the lost. And so when we're talking about loving each other, we're talking about sacrificially, powerfully, with every ounce of our being. And the other challenge in understanding that mission and the way that we're called to love you know, it says that they'll know that you're my disciples by the way that you love. The other side of that is if you're not loving, they're going to know that you're not his disciple. Or, maybe even worse, they're going to say that's, that's who Jesus is. I remember having a conversation with a friend of mine um, when we were involved in college ministry. We were both trying to figure out What did it look like to pull ourselves out of the party scene and really step into living faith the way that we felt we were being called? And I remember him saying, like, for my friends who know that I go to church and don't know anything about Jesus, everything that I do is a reflection of Christ. And so if I'm doing things that a Christian probably shouldn't be doing, they're not just going to write that off and give me grace. They're going to say, that's what Christians, that's what Christ Looks like, And this has always stuck with me, this idea that it is on us to represent the precious gospel of Jesus Christ well. It is on us to represent the winsome, loving nature of the gospel in every single thing that we do. Jesus Christ came to seek and to save the lost. And my challenge to you today, sitting here, would be this. I don't think that we can talk about how much we love and know Christ if we aren't on board with his mission. I don't think we can proclaim God's goodness if we don't want to bring that goodness to the people around us. Right in Matthew 22, 36 through 40, It says, you know, Jesus is sitting there. Someone comes to him and says, Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? And Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. At Student Life, we say it like this. Love God and love people. Be transformed by the nature of your relationship with God so much that when you look at the people around you, whether you like them, whether you know them, whether they look like you, whether they act like you, think that they're supposed to act, that you see someone who is loved by God, and you cannot help but love them. I'm talking about this today because I look back at my own life and my own experience, and Jesus Christ the message of the gospel was spoken into my life at a time where I was broken and hurting and at my absolute lowest. I'm not passionate about Christ because I work at a church. I'm not passionate about Christ because this is my job and it pays the bills. I'm not passionate about Christ because it gets me in front of people. I'm passionate about Christ because he saved me. Because at my broken worst, he spoke life and love and purpose into my life. He rescued me. And because of that, this idea has just always stuck with me that rescued people, rescued people. What we have here right now is good. What you have in your small groups is good. But God is calling you to great He is calling you to the work of the kingdom. In Luke, we see Jesus sending out his 72 disciples, right? And it's this interesting thing where he's been with them and he's been teaching them and they've been around him and he's been preaching and they've worshiped and they've prayed and they've done all of these things that we do on Sunday mornings that we do in our small groups. And then he says, the kingdom of God is near. And I'm sending you out now to use the things that you've learned about God and about my mission and ministry to heal the sick. And to take care of the poor and the widows and the orphans. The kingdom of God is near. When I think about the kingdom of God, I think about the promise that there's going to be no more tears and no more pain. And that there's going to be no more sickness and death, and that people are going to be cared for and loved and so secure in their identity of who God says they are that they're not going to be hurting or in pain. or And church, the reality of the kingdom of God is we will never know its perfection fully until we are reunited with Christ. But my challenge to you today would be to be kingdom builders. When you are faced with hurt, And pain and sorrow and tears, my challenge to you would be to say, how has God equipped me to bring the promise of restoration and healing into this moment? Into this person's life? Not because they deserve it. Not because I'm so great. But simply because the message of the gospel is that they are loved so much that Christ died on a cross for them. We just spent a whole week celebrating the kingdom of God. I'm standing here in front of a legitimate castle. And all I want for you, church, is for you to be the church. My heart's cry is that our faith would be the lens through which we view the world. That we would be kingdom builders. That you would bring the presence and the power of God with you every single day when you're talking to the cashier at the grocery store, when you're talking to your waiter or waitress at a restaurant, that you would bring healing and restoration into every situation that you're faced with. Because I think that's what God's calling us to. So I think God is inviting you into the great work of kingdom building. Let me pray for us. Let me pray a blessing over you and and what I think God is inviting you into. God, we are so thankful for the gospel. We are so thankful that, that you loved us so much that you sent your son to die for us. God, if we don't take that lightly. God, so for each of us here, I just ask that you would shine a light on how you have equipped and called us to build the kingdom. God, we repent, we confess, and now we want to follow. God, for every single person here in Alma, online, every single person who will walk into our St. John's campus, Lord, we just ask you for more of your presence. God, that we would be a people who are known for the way that we love. That we would be a people and a church that are known for pointing people towards a God who loves them. God, at our worst, you rescued us. And that promise of rescue and restoration and healing is for everyone. And we're so thankful that you're inviting us into the great work of kingdom building. We just thank you so much for your son. In his name, amen. Church, I am so thankful for you. I'm so thankful for the last 12 years. I'm thankful for the ways that I see the kingdom being built by this community of believers. And so please hear my heart for you is not for you to feel like I'm, I'm, I'm saying you're not doing it, but just to ask ourselves, how do we do it more? How do we bring the presence and the power of God into every interaction that we have? I love you guys so much. And again, I'm so thankful for this and for you. Have a great day.